0: This podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Lorecast. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast the podcast where we explore the amazing universe of the Elder Scrolls.
1: You found my razor. Good. Can you feel its hunger? Can you feel its frustration? Now I will make it again what it once was what it shall always be draw a line of blood across the land in the name of mayroon's dagon
0: so spooky so spooky it's mayroon's dagon day everybody welcome back to the elder scrolls lorecast this is your host tom or robots i'm here with my good buddy lotus lotus of doom what's going on man how you doing i'm i'm glad to be back this week yeah. Yeah. You missed out on our, uh, our our little big chat. We had a bunch of people yes, join us. Yes. But it was enjoyable to listen to because,
1: like, I always joke, I was like, I actually enjoy listening when I'm also not on them. So the fact that I was packing for vacation, I was like, oh boy, I got a look as to listen to with everybody else and not me. It's like, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, thank it's you, like, everybody, for entertaining
0: me last week. It's like going back a few years before you were a, a regular on the show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, I'm glad you got to enjoy it we had a lot of fun we missed you but yeah we're back to the regular episodes this week with another daedric prince episode we're up to the m's so mayroon's dagon is the next one and indeed boy oh boy there's a lot of uh stuff (laughs) about mr dagon I'm just going to call him Mr. Dagon. Seven
1: hour episode. Oh, wait, no, we're <laughs> going to condense this a little.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's not only been like the primary Daedric Prince of one of the games in Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Uh, he's also showed up in the most recent quest line until later this week when um, High Isle releases.
1: Yeah, he's yeah, he's essentially the main antagonist for um, the the gates of oblivion from last year and blackwood yeah. elder scrolls um, online so um, yeah elder scrolls online yeah, right uh, yeah. not to mention he has two base game dungeons uh that, that he's t- basically the main antagonist with in elder scrolls online with city bash he's also the main antagonist in elder scrolls Battlespire. <laughs> he's very prominent in the series as the one you need to be defeating
0: yeah well he, he's all about destruction um right so that's i mean it would make sense that that's something you don't want to happen so you have to fight against him right yeah it's it's but it's but it's
1: interesting because uh from that starting audio clip alone his voice is so different in the different games yes
0: yeah Um, and we're gonna talk about that there's actually two main voice actors i always like to do the voice actors we'll talk about that at the end but yeah you're right Right. you're right
1: um yeah so it's it's changed quite a bit and actually while we're doing this i i actually wish i had thought of this beforehand but the problem is it's so difficult dealing with battle spire i'm actually I think he might be uncredited in Fire. Oh, yeah. Because it is a totally different voice, and it is a total cluster of just <laughs> voice overlays. So he sounds ridiculous in that game. Yeah, but don't, I mean, everybody kind of sounds a little bit Everybody, That's a valid point. Everybody kind of sounds ridiculous. Uh, unless you're Silas, the main character from Elder Scrolls Adventures Redguard, all of the other voice actors in those two spin spin-off games are abhorrent,
0: unfortunately. Uh-huh. Yeah, like the clavicus vial still rings in my ears. Yes. yes. Um, yeah. yeah.
1: Silas is the one exception as that dude's voice actor is awesome.
0: <laughs> well, hey. <laughs> <laughs> one out of 66 ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, here, let's go into the details here, because um, uh, first of all, I guess I should preface this uh, f- a few things. First of all, um, there's a lot of stuff about Mayron's Dagon. We should probably come back around to him as well as some of these other Daedric Princes, and go into some more of the specific details. Today we're going to touch on the basics, the, um, who he is, what he seems to be doing, uh, the cults that have sprung up around him, his items, and then uh, the realm of Oblivion itself where he lords over, and then a few extra little things at the end. So uh, that's gonna be plenty to cover one episode. Um, but one of the things I did, I just wanna show this on the video version and the streaming version. If you're joining us on the stream, it's Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, then you're gonna be treated to this as well. I shared it on the socials and on Discord. But um, I was uh, doing some work on Maroon's Dagon in a program that allows you to generate AI images, a- AI generated images using just text strings. And I was I, I posted a few of these earlier today. I did some new ones. This one I'm going to show on the screen right here is Merryn's Dagon as a cute cartoon. This is what the AI generated. I don't understand how any of this is Merryn's Dagon. Oh, although right? it seemed to understand what I was doing previously with the other images. But then I also had to I went I went a little nuts on this. Merryn's Dagon in a tutu. And this is what it did these things are like lovecraftian horrors that's a that's a lot to parse out right there wearing tutus like they're dancing um so i just wanted to share that if you're interested in seeing those images uh follow us on follow my my twitch uh, at robots underscore radio or my yeah my my twitter and um sorry TW words, and then also on the on the Discord. I'll share those on there. But anyway, let's get into it. So, we have Mehrunes Dagon, formerly or formally, not formerly, formally, the exalted and most puissant lord. I don't really know the word puissant, but that's interesting. I think I might Google that in a second. Uh, sure. Garant yeah. of Dagon, Mehrunes, also called the Black Daedra Lord, Prince of Ambition, Prince of disaster and destruction, master of razors, sovereign of destruction, the flame tyrant, the father of cataclysm, the flame father, the Merpride's end, and known to the kajit as Mirrons. Because I really like Merpride's End. That is a <laughs>
1: that one specifically is very cool just because it's more of the um we we've mentioned uh, on this show in episodes back the the aspects of him and it's one of the ones where since most of the time the daedric princes are attributed to being like not so great um uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah May Runes has that bit where there's hope because with destruction comes growth again mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a lot of this kind of coincides with you know the myrrh uh they you know the aliens originally were kind of just oppressing all of the uh humankind and theoretically it would be dagon that would inspire the change that theoretically could have caused the alessian dynasty to free all of them so it's just kind of neat that one of theoretically his names kind of almost nods at something like that i i i I just kind of like that one
0: yeah yeah, the um, yeah, it, it, as with all of these, everybody has different perspectives on who the Daedric Princes are, if they're useful or not, if they're beneficial or not.
1: Yeah, there's a
0: little bit of all of that going on. And um, and so, of, of course, the same thing with Meirun Segon, which is part of why these cults have formed up around him because of the beliefs of where he came from and what his goals actually are. And of course, all of that is kind of vague. Because Maeruns is a Daedric prince, and understanding the actual motivations behind Daedric princes is never so easy, right? So, yeah. So, okay. So let's let's talk about this a little bit. Maeruns um, Dagon, you probably remember from Elder Scrolls Oblivion, although now that is. Years old. What is that? 15 longer? 16, 17 years old now at this point? Whoa, came out in 2006. So it's 16, I guess. 16 years ago. It's still a game that's worth playing. It's one of the games that. Absolutely. Um, You know, like Morrowind can be difficult to get into because of just some of the mechanics and the fact that the game is so old. Oblivion, on the other hand, it's still old, but it's definitely playable by modern standards. Absolutely. It just feels a a little aged in the way it does some of the things, but it absolutely is playable. So go back and play that if you'd like. And in Oblivion... It's also my favorite overall soundtrack in the series. Oh yeah, the music is so good. It's fantastic in Oblivion. Yeah, yeah. So in, in that series you have Mehrun's Dagon, who is attempting to open these portals into the world in order to destroy the world something yeah and at least that's the vague perspective of what's going on and in that in that game you have the uh the order of the mythic dawn who are this secret society of daedric cultists who have been working together in order to open these portals into oblivion um now the mythic dawn is their leader is Mankar Cameron. And we've talked about Mankar Cameron on previous episodes and indeed. And, uh, he uses the, uh, he, in fact, he wrote the commentaries on the mysterious, uh, Mysterium Xarxes. Indeed. And, uh, it's kind of the guy behind the, uh, assassination of the emperor and all the other wackiness that's going on. Yeah. So that's, that's most, most of the info that I'd like to go into about the mythic dawn on this episode. Um, yeah I, if if we want to do something on them as a cult mm-hmm.
1: i think they they actually especially if you if you have their possible uh predecessors the waking flame from elder scrolls online we could almost do something entirely on them As an episode, as opposed to filling out this, which Mehran Dagon already has so much that we're going to try to squish into a reasonable episode.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other group I wanted to mention is the Order of the Waking Flame. And we learn about them in the newest storyline in Elder Scrolls Online. Right. Unless you're listening to this four days from now on PC when <laughs> I.O. comes out. Um, but they're, they're kind of predecessors to the Mythic Dawn. They, they again, were Daed- uh, Daedric cultists who believed in Mehrunes Dagon. But their belief was specifically that Mehrunes Dagon was created by the Magna Gi to unmake the flawed creation of Mundus according, in in, in accordance yeah. with Magnus's plans. And there's a whole lot of wacky lore that's come out around this and some theories that have spawned from this. Right. Just in the last year or so, because when I first did the Meirun's Dagon episode, that stuff hadn't been written yet. And sure, The Waking Flame wasn't filled out yet. That's, that's new lore added to
1: the series with um, The Elder Scrolls Online.
0: Right. So, of course, The Waking Flame worked to try to bring about the end of things and Dagon coming back into the world and all of that stuff. Um, but there's also these like sub theories about Merun's Dagon potentially being Magnus himself and coming back into the world. Like Magnus is the one who left the world and, and went back to Aetherius and of course created the hole in the sky and the, right. those who followed him created other holes, making the stars, all of that stuff. Um, and and we have have to bring the wacky lore episodes back yeah joshua and chat we might have to leave some of this for a wacky lore episode but the uh i wouldn't put it past the waking flame for some of their cult members to be thinking things like this um and therefore they're motivated to do all of these terrible things in order to bring about the end of things because that's what they think is supposed to happen right right so you've got you've got all of that kind of stuff going on um But for the most part, we know Mehrun's Dagon as the the lord of darkness and destruction and change and the one who ushers in change. And so, of course, there's a lot of theories around the idea that like maybe the end of the series will have something to do with him. And this goes back to the whole idea of like the breaking of the towers and all of that, the destruction and change that that might bring about. Do you have any other thoughts on any of this stuff because Yeah, it's it, just it, it it's, seems it's, very it's, crucial to the to the main kind of overarching story of the series. It it is and and one of the things about Merurin's Dagon which
1: is interesting cuz r- relating to to the bit you had mentioned about uh you know possibly his tie-in to being created by the Magna Gi type of deal is it it's not when you, when you think of destruction and all this stuff it it's and 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 when you go to the deadlands in the games, which you do frequent probably more than any other plane of oblivion, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. it's it's a hellscape, like literally stereotypical hellscape type of deal. Yeah, fire and lava and, and heat yeah, vents and, and, and he's and, a four-armed giant red demon. Okay. So he it's it's a very, very stereotypical demon type deal. But at the same time, um when you think of destruction, a lot of times it's in a negative connotation. And for the most part, since you're fighting against it, he's portrayed as, like, problematic. Um, But there's also the aspect of destruction of something bad isn't necessarily bad. Like, you can destroy something bad, which then causes something good. Mm -hmm. But when the idea of Dagon is constantly just destruction, 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 it's almost like, I had made reference to like, okay, the destruction of the aliens kind of controlling humans. Well, there's question, you know, how elder scrolls for oblivion ends. Was that intended to destroy the septum dynasty? Like, was there more right. to like, is that in and of itself a problem that meet theoretically to some could be viewed as bad again to, to, the mythic dawn clearly it was um but like he has the potential in the series to Overturn both good and bad things, which I think makes him a little more unique than some of the other princes because he's definitely portrayed as evil a lot of times, but it isn't necessarily always the case. Although, you know, in many cases it is because it's just like, you know, torture racks and all these horrible things. <laughs> right. like, right, well, that's probably not great for anybody, but there
0: is the demonic imagery, which, oh, you know, yeah. kind of sways an opinion, but
1: they, they sure do need to give you an enemy to fight. But it's just interesting that his end goal, maybe not not the means to get there could also be advantageous to you know whether you want to call it the kalpa that we're currently in or whatever or certain eras that exist it's just interesting that he has the potential to be both good and bad whether or not he's even attending it just by toppling what's established
0: yeah well it's it all comes down to his goals are not anybody else's and they don't necessarily coincide with any of the mortals goals and so therefore if you're if you happen to coincide and benefit from what he's doing then you might view it as good and if you don't you might view it as bad
1: and it's interesting because it almost he almost perpetually is helping the underdog by toppling whosoever is at first because right (laughs) Right. which which is good until you've taken first and then suddenly now he's a problem so you know you can both be ally you know benefit and have a problem with him at, at certain points in history as well
0: yeah yeah so one of the other things i wanted to discuss was the mysterium xarxes the yes. this mysterious book that mancar Tra- cameron translated and i love the imagery of the mysterium xarxes all the daedric like Font text, I guess runes or whatever yep. they're called. I mean, it looks like a demonic book, and, and you can tell that it, it they got a lot of influences from some of these other demonic like books in in fantasy. Sure, um, but here I want to I want to read the section from the UESP on this. Um, Little is known of the contents of the Mysterium Zarkes outside the alleged translations given by Mancar Cameron's commentaries on the Mysterium Zarkes. With the commentaries were known, well, while the commentaries were known to be used in the third era to surreptitiously recruit members into Dagon's cult, the Mythic Dawn, they also contain a a peculiar account of the prince's origins, and this is part of what I was alluding to. According to the commentaries, the Magna Gi secretly created Mehrunes Dagon, quote, in the very bowels of Lig, lig lig is one of those f- 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 words that hasn't come up too much in our conversations but maybe yeah. we need to pull lig into one of these like wacky weird themes, yeah that,
1: that gets shows. deep lore you know written an uncertainty style stuff yeah we're going a deep. great episode on it so i would suggest if you're interested in a deep dive into lig check out written an uncertainty Arimatheus goes really into it for one episode
0: yeah so what it says here though and this is just kind of a quick little snippet to kind of right, right. at least give you something lig it is claimed is an adjacent place a sort of parallel Parallel version of Tamriel, and the domain of a deity known as the Upstart who vanishes. Lig, the Mundex Terran, who once ruled by Drow kings, Drow kings. I think, drow, Dra- yeah, dreg? I always call them the Dreg. Dreg, Dreg kings. Pronunciation is not our forte, as you guys know. Yeah. From the 19th and 9 and 9 seas, and that is, quote, 19 and 9 and 9 seas, who waged endless wars against each other's quote, slave oceans. <laughs> this, I mean, we're getting Kirk in.
1: I was about like, to say, we're we're, this is, we're taking the brakes off the kirkbride
0: and train right now. When, when you're talking about words that are just kind of squished together like Slave Oceans, yes. it's either Kirkbride or we're an indie band from like the early 2000s. Right. Um, well, wh-
1: the second we get <laughs> slave into the nine and 9 seas. it's like, all right, well, we, d- we don't need to just say things in a flowery way for the sake of it, but fine. Like, a- again, it's right it's just a way of writing right
0: (laughs) welcome to the show we're slave oceans thanks for coming out (laughs) all right so then it goes on and says dagon was created to be a prince of good and was imbued uh and was imbued him the text here needs to be updated it was imbued with oblivion's most precious asset hope the prince began a revolution throw down lig and cracked his face this is quoted cracked his face he let the lowly slaves know free will and stirred them to violence against their masters his red legion overthrew the tyrant dregs toppled the towers of kim El gargig perfect absolutely and that is in all caps which means if we know Kirkbride Kirk, stuff, that they may actually reference other things, or Garjig yep. might be an anachronism for something, or an, an <laughs> yeah, an, it could be anagram. Is that the right word? Not anachronism, anagram.
1: No, no, I, I think you mean anagram. Yeah, yeah, anagram.
0: Uh, it goes on and says yeah. destroys destroyed great cities and slaughtered the Templars of the upstart. Hope spread like a brush fire as the world was set free. Hence his title of the Sea's Flame Redeemer. Regardless of the veracity of this account, the tome played a role in the assassination of Uriel Septim and his heirs, starting the Oblivion Crisis. So all of this was already written during the time of Elder Scrolls Oblivion. This was part of it. But what's so interesting about the Mysterium Xarxes is we don't have a full translation. We just have the commentaries on it by Mankar Cameron. So there might be a whole lot of other crazy stuff in there. And the question about you know why was it written? When was it written? All of that stuff is something that we would have to dig into deeper on another episode. But yeah, like on literally the Mysterium Zarkis itself. Right, right. But all of that, what this, what this does, is it gives us some some insight into who Mayrun Mayrun's Dagon might actually be. And like you're saying, this idea of change and destruction may be more inherent to who he is or was when all of these things went down. If this is an actual story of something that literally happened or not right so or is it all propaganda yeah, is it a it way it propaganda to
1: take and it's just you know because also one one of the other things that he's known for is ambition yes. so it's like you know th- there's also that so clearly there's a goal in mind but so much of it is designed around destruction it's like okay well is there a further goal beyond just destroying what's directly in front of you when ambition is also one of his main like pillars
0: so to speak absolutely so putting together and lying about something putting together something that would motivate mortals to do his bidding totally yep. doesn't seem beyond something that he would be willing to do exactly and so you, you end up with these questions right but I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's cool. And he's well known across all of Tamriel. Yeah. All of the cultures have some, imp, you know, impression of him, some sense of who he is, either. Most of them don't worship him. But of course, there are cults and groups that pop up. Um, any, do you have any other thoughts on any of this stuff before we move on? No, I, I was going to say, I think that was a good way of just kind of touching on the fact that it's like, you know,
1: d- the same way you had mentioned not a lot of people tend to to follow him he he's definitely you know one of the more well-known problematic daedric princes in the in the grand scheme of uh, you know tamriel type of deal yeah, um, and, yeah and kind of for good reason which in turn makes him a really good antagonist for the games
0: yeah Yeah, absolutely, Uh, and that's usually who he ends up being—is some sort of demonic force that needs to be stopped because that's that's an easy thing to go. Okay, this is bad. I will fight against it. Like, that's easy for the yep. player character to kind of just go, demon thing, wants to destroy, must stop. Like, right, right, exactly. It's <laughs> <that's laughs> a really easy justification. But <laughs> yeah. if the nature of reality is more complex than it seems, then maybe there's more to it than than we know. Uh, Robin Chat says, I'd say it's often both true and propaganda, it probably steering in a certain narrative. The, that- the main question I have about these concepts of Lig, <laughs> these other, like this, like... Alternate version of Tamriel where these things happened in the past. The, the idea that he has something to do with the creation and destruction of Kelpas comes up. The idea that he is somehow um, benefiting from that cycle and growing more powerful with each cycle. Like all of these kinds of meta ideas that we've we've talked about, some of them, the the big question here is that they can't all be accurate or true or they have to be organized in a way where, you know, maybe Lig was a thing in a previous Kalpa, but isn't in this one, you know, like there's a lot of these other the other dynamics to all of that stuff that's just off on the periphery of what we do understand and what we have experienced in the games. There's so much of that stuff that it, some of it has to be interpreted, some of it has to be um, uh, symbolic, some of it maybe is, is real, but for all of it to be real is overly complex and also just super weird like how does it all fit together at the same (laughs) time it just seems like it's too much um and that's my gut feeling on that stuff but that doesn't mean it none of it is real or didn't happen you know it's just kind of it's just so there's just so much out there it's like not everything can have an alternate meaning or an alternate origin than the thing that we think it does and like there's just there's just too much at that point
1: right and and that's uh, you know that falls very much in line with the series as a whole, where things kind of remain ambiguous in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and it's hard to nail down exacts. It's just kind of like here's some information, glean from it what you will. It really fits into a lot of the narrative to Mayred Stagon,
0: yeah. Yeah, so that's the basis of his character. That's uh, the most of what's going on. Of course, he he rules over the realm of Oblivion, which we've been to a few times. Um, in the realm of the Deadlands, I should say, in Oblivion. Yeah, but in Oblivion. When, no, I, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, he, in the game Oblivion, the you go to Oblivion. It's the Deadlands right. specifically, right. and um. You know he's he's got a bunch of regular looking daedric servants but they they're regular to us because they're the ones that we tend to see most often right they're the most common enemies that you're fighting when going to oblivion right so daedroth uh, clan fear watchers oh and the watchers are great i have a watcher pet in eso i love yep. that little guy like a little yep. eyeball with the tentacles yep um the scamps and zivoli, like uh, all of these kind of regular demonic looking daedra and then weird creepy animals <laughs> yeah um he also
1: like one of the other things that i figure is worth mentioning uh is there are clans that um aren't they were kind of touched on and we'll only kind of touch on it mm-hmm. but there are clans that represent his different aspects like ambition and destruction and stuff like that um which were very prominent in elder scrolls battle spire because you actually kind of use that against each other because the different clans um much like Daedra, in all aspects that you encounter them kind of fight against each other to gain a foothold of like superiority and it's it's mentioned, uh, it, you know, because of the coins they they kind of used as a promo thing. It was actually the the coins from the different ambitions. Well, the in in Battlespire, um, there, there's actually uh, a couple different groups. I believe they're his adopted children. Let me just browse through this real cool. Oh, they are. Um, so the Zivili Moaf and Phaedra Shaddai are actually two of them, um, but they're basically like his his generals so to speak mm-hmm. yeah. um yeah. Which, which is interesting because they kind of represent his different aspects and if any one of them gets kind of too far out of line which is spoilers for the 11 of you other than myself who played battle spire um <laughs> you kind of actually gain the benefit of some of them in certain scenarios because if his ambition's getting too out of control, the other's trying to rein him in a little bit. Cause they're like, well, no, this, this, this side of it's getting too, too good. So like, we're going to get outed, um, which is interesting because it's almost like there's these sections of him without actually being him himself, which help control him, which is interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you get some of that in, uh, the latest elder scrolls online stuff
1: you where? do too where it's it's without spoiling it because that is very new mm. there there is um there, there, again more with the, the the ambitions and stuff like that um parts of him are kind of separated um right. to kind of corner off his power in certain ways that he can utilize it later then i won't go more into that because the story is actually very interesting and i strongly yeah. suggest you play through it
0: and there's a, a really cute uh day De- drat character oh my god with, uh, a, a-, a- Rock's the destroyer Arox the destroyer i know this isn't a huge spoiler you meet it a character is because named- he's the
1: fan favorite he's all over yeah. their website
0: yeah you meet you a character named a house guest at points a, a-, a- Rock's the destroyer who is a daedra who has been like he's like, he's a regular like humanoid daedra who was uh, done terrible things and was put into the body of a dead Daedrat. Uh, it is so he's like a little easily
1: guy, one of the best characters, but
0: he still has the same personality, right? So he's still yes. like, Oh, they will rue the day they crossed Aerox the destroyer. Like, yeah, and it's, it's he's
1: great again. So one of the best features is all I can say is just make sure you um, keep Aerox around as much as you can in the story because what you can help him do is. Pretty much one of the best things in game. I, I actually started laughing aloud
0: uh, while while playing through it. At one point, I was like, this is absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. But uh, other side note, you do come across some of these other uh, Zivoli and like these other humanoid yep. Daedra who work for different clans and they don't necessarily always get along with the other clans, but right. sometimes they work together. And th- but that's part of the storyline. So, um, yes, if you haven't played through that expansion. I'm sure it's going to be on sale, or currently is on it, sale, so or something. When, um, when High
1: Isle drops, Aerax the Mutilator. Days, yes, Aerax A- yes. A- the Mutilator. mutilator. That's, That's right. what it is, not the Destroyer. Aerax, yes. the Mutilator. Um, what do you call it? Um, so when High Isle drops, assuming that it has worked like every other year, if you are subscribed to ESO Plus, it will roll the actual previous chapter in to your eso plus so you will actually have it um assuming you have eso plus yeah. as of monday
0: i think it is yeah so you'll get to play it if, if definite, you decide to do it. definitely
1: worth yeah. a play also the continuation goes into the deadlands where you go to the deadlands and finish off the story that was one of my favorite expansions in ESO so far
0: yeah it's pretty Um, cool it's pretty cool
1: it's really cool and has a really great ending
0: yeah and I feel feel like and I've said this before on the show I feel like people people at uh ZeniMax must listen to our podcast because there's (laughs) definitely things that they did in this expansion that I was like asking for Mm -hmm. like two years before it came out you know like so maybe we're maybe we have a little bit of influence (laughs) thanks if we do and if not what a wonderful coincidence i was gonna say thank you for thinking like we do (laughs) that i guess so yeah yeah well here we are we're in the middle of the show let's let's take a quick break we've got some uh daedric artifacts to talk about and a little bit more so we'll be right back the skies are marked with numberless sparks each a fire and every one a sign so it is the middle of the show, which means we have to thank our newest patrons, and we have a few. We have Nithrian and Shanola, 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 Shanola I totally right. mangled that up. Sounds good. Carl H, Shia F, and Neil. Thank you so much for signing up in the in the last week. Holy crap, people! You guys are you guys are nuts. Um, and that, that currently we have ninety three. We had some people. Drop off, they probably got the access to the original 90 episodes, listen through through them, and then decided, yeah, and decided, thanks so much, and time to go. And that's totally fine. In fact, I've told people on earlier episodes when I was making that change and kind of banked those episodes into the Patreon, like, that's the way to do it. Yeah, <laughs> just, just sub
1: if you want those and then unsub after. Great, like, sub, fine. download like, them,
0: unsub. If that's all you want, that's totally fine. Right, uh, if, if that's you, why you're doing it, go for it. Yeah, and if, if, if you do want to support the show and, and uh, our ability to keep making these, and then you can stay sub for longer. We get lots of other things. And I have to call out our Daedric Princes, our Tier 5 patrons. Gami Boy, Un... Um, oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, I don't have the... Uh, where's their nicknames? I don't have their nicknames up. Uh, Kira C, Nudo Al Dente, and Riverwood Chicken. Most of them have names that are the same as what they have on other places. (laughs) So anyway, uh, thank you so much to to you guys and for supporting the show. Um, And we actually saw a post. Somebody posted their T-shirt. If you're Tier 4 or higher, you get T-shirts every three months. And one of the most recent, the Azura T-shirt, looked really, really good. I love it when you guys... Post pictures of that stuff, um, but if if we're helping you get through your workday, or if you want to just make sure that we keep doing these, then go to Patreon.com/slash Elder Scrolls cast and drop a few bucks and see what kind of stuff you can get, including ad-free episodes and the whole this whole like ninety episode backlog that got kind of pushed pushed to the side and is now on Patreon. is where it was just me before Lotus joined me, um, so all of that stuff's available if you guys want to help support the show. Also. We, uh, oh, we don't have any new reviews. I thought we had one, but this one we already, we already read out. So if you'd like to support the show with some reviews and ratings, if you happen to listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or even if you listen somewhere else and you have accounts on those platforms, you can look us up and drop us a rating. It's a really, really easy way to help support the show. Five stars is, is a huge help. And if you leave a review, then I'll read it out on a future episode of the show. So there you go. All right, let's get on with the rest of the show yes
1: yes you're entirely brilliant conquering madness and all that blah 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 blah
0: (laughs) vivid in chat says do not disrespect my boy Aerox. destroyer (laughs) pathetic title who would call themselves destroyer instead of something like mutilator it totally sounds like something arox would say that actually really would (laughs) i think arox just joined our chat right <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're to the artifacts lotus i know this is one of your favorite things do you want to start yeah. us off you want to pick one uh so
1: yeah i always like the artifacts um so originally i was going to say because a lot of times we kind of just do these in you know what whatever order but i'll use the first one okay you know what we're actually going to save save my favorite one for last we'll okay. do that one at the end um all right we had mentioned the Mysterium Xarxes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we've already talked about the Mysterium Xarxes. We so. can kind of slide by that one. Yep. The one I wanted to bring up first is actually the Spear of Bitter Mercy. Because, oh. pre- because we had just talked about it yeah. previously. Yep. So I figured that one might be worth just mentioning again real quick. Because... It's also sort of tied into Maroon's Dagon,
0: right? And this is um, one that has those like vague origins, and we're not really sure, right?
1: Yeah. So this I, again, we, we went more in depth on it last time, um, but one of the things that it's sort of attributed to is also it could be owned by Maroon's Dagon. It's it's kind of floats around, uh, but that's you know that's one that's also attributed to him. What I would suggest we do next, because there's not an awful lot of information on it, because, again, it's from <laughs> Battlespire, because, uh-huh. you know, of course it is, is the Sword of the Moon Reaver, which sounds really cool. It does sound um, really cool. It really does, and it's really, really just a generic broadsword, uh, <laughs> which is a downer for the really cool name. Um, <laughs> but it's a broadsword created by Mayron's Dagon's own substance, Um, It is believed that no other weapon is capable of harming Mayroon's Dagon, which is interesting, but relevant to um, Battlespire because you need this sword in order to defeat him you never really kill a daedric prince you just defeat them right um but during uh dagon's invasion of the battle spire during the imperial Simulacrum, which is the case of battle spire the game itself the sword is in the possession of a dark seducer bodyguard and paramour. which is interesting because you have to find this very specific dark seducer um which once you defeat her You take the sword. Um, She looks like any other dark seducer, but I guess (laughs) she's a special one. She's a special one. Sure. (laughs) Um, But yeah, then you get to take the sword and when they reference it, the only thing capable of harming him, um, there's more to it, which I will go into at the very end. It's like a little like lore bit that I'll toss in for the end. But basically you kind of surprise him with your secret, (laughs) mcguffin um and he freaks out he's like oh how'd you know that and you just poke him once with the sword and he's immediately defeated there is no climactic (laughs) battle it just hurls him in a ridiculous fmp and he explodes you just pop him like a giant balloon like a balloon you deflate mayroon zagon with the sword of the moon Reaver. that's great it looks generic it sounds awesome and apparently it's really badass if you actually use it
0: it sounds cool. I mean, it's yeah. got a cool name. I, it's got a cool name. Do we know um, why Moon Reaver though? I have no idea. Yeah, I it don't probably know. just sounded really cool to the writers. Probably. In, I I really I have I haven't the faintest idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't either. So <laughs> why? so that's the sword of the Moon Reaver. Um, do you have do you? It seems like you've got these kind of lined up. Do you have one? I, you I want do. Next? I kind
1: of have like a so. Um, another one that is pretty common is Mayruin's Razor which is from uh, you, you can get it in elder scrolls uh, for oblivion, mm-hmm. the Mayrune's razor, um, also known as the dagger of final wounds and the bane of the righteous and the Kingslayer is a daedric artifact created obviously by Mayrunes Dagon. The powerful uh, Ebony dagger has the ability to kill instantly as there is a small chance that Dagon will claim the soul of those struck by the razor. Uh, it's Daedric in appearance and emblazoned with uh, Daedric script and seeing able to drink in light that hits it so awesome again very cool description um it's a pretty cool weapon in elder scrolls for oblivion when you have it yeah. the only thing that is interesting is just the concept of this da- this dagger um like sucking out the souls is that what you're yes. gonna say yeah. so so may Runes razor the thing about it that's kind of interesting because it's a gameplay thing specifically mm-hmm. The dagger has a chance of killing instantly. Yes, stabbing somebody has a chance of killing them sure, instantly.
0: Sure. Yeah, in a game, <laughs> though, you have HP and like it, all of it's that. It's just right? funny to think about right. logistically, like right. not in game, but it's like, well, yeah, it's a dagger. I mean, like, if somebody just somebody, came up and somebody, stabbed me, I might yeah, just die. I might just die. But <laughs> in
1: game, what it will do is it has a chance of just basically one shotting your enemy. Um, the only thing which. I personally find hilarious about this, um, and it's not mentioned in the UESP, probably because it's a stupid little factoid, um, Uh Uh or maybe it's somewhere else. Um, If... (laughs) if you stab something with reflect with Mayron's razor oh god there is a chance that it will reflect the one shot on you and it will one shot you instead that's hilarious um yeah and i think awesome. it happened to me in the shivering isles expansion something had reflect on it and i was like die and i like poked it and it hit me and did like instinctive damage to me i was like ah crap like, and then you just slumped
0: over on the ground yeah i was so like it, it you're can, dead could yeah, delete you instead so never stab somebody that has reflect on yeah vivid in chat says wait mayroon's Raygon. Raygun. Um, and that's only in the Coda version of the games when they go to space. It upgrades to a Raygun. It upgrades to a Raygun in that version. Um, all right. Where are we going next? Okay. So the next two, I have
1: very little context for. Four, um other than these uh the ground splitters are a pair of sabotins uh associated with the daedric prince their enchantments reflect the creator's obsession with destruction destruction the artifact causes the wearer's strides to be capable Compa- uh, comparable oh, comparable yeah. to that of a giant despite <laughs> the lack of significant weight when not like okay weird like, what a so basically they're ultra it makes me think of those iron boots from The Legend of Zelda yes Where you're just clomping around just breaking stuff
0: yeah and as soon and, and they when you wear them they make you sink down the bottom of whatever water you're in or whatever right. but then if, was, as soon as you take them off put them in your backpack there's no weight yeah they don't right. weigh anything so anymore so they're only super heavy when you're wearing them yep.
1: but yeah those are those are the ground splitters which is kind of odd um I, I, yeah th- those ones it's interesting enough i it doesn't seem to imply that those are from any game and i do not ever remember getting those um yeah,
0: yeah I, I don't know specifically them, where th- but where i they're don't from know what here. that's actually yeah, like okay. from in game uh, um, i'm digging in a little bit more second yeah, era 582 this must that. be an eso thing
1: yeah it might just be a cosmetic thing man yeah well, um cool looking stuff that yeah. List? Then there's the Deadland Hammer, um, which is yet another artifact. In the second era, it was found in the Dark Pool mine by the Claw of Dagon. By the Claws uh, of Dagon. Claws of Dagon. And this isn't
0: Dagon, D A G O N. It's Dagon, D E. I'm sorry, D A E G O N. Yeah.
1: Which is a Khajiit cult uh, dedicated to May ruins. Um When used with the right uh, reagents, it was said. To be capable of summoning iron atronox physical contact with the hammer is reported to be uncomfortable <laughs> and even harmful when you're older for an experiment all right so it just makes you itchy I don't
0: know. It doesn't really, <laughs> itchy. doesn't really That's say it. why it yes just,
1: yeah another Um, another weird another weird but again that's another one that it's just like okay um and then the final one which is my favorite artifact of all of them and why i kind of saved this one for last just because i think this weapon is super badass which is the daedric crescent Mm -hmm. um, which is an artifact, but it's kind of artifacts um, because there used to be a lot of them. Uh, it has the power to paralyze those it strikes and puts heavy wear on the armor. So, like a disintegration thing, or or like some type of you know, oh you know, that that's a great picture of it. That thing is just so cool. Yeah. It's it, it is a crescent double sided blade. Um, Effect, yeah with like want, a handle in the middle so with think like in
0: the middle darth it, maul it, but with like yeah, curved but blades.
1: curved on both of them yeah um it is it is just it looks really awesome um but it has also been known to create green balls of energy uh but the effects are unknown I, the i'm guessing why that's listed in the uesp um is the fact that there are weird gray green balls uh in the fmvs uh
0: in oh. oh that's super weird yeah
1: but but they don't really explain it there's a lot of stuff that some just,
0: graphic don't. designer was just like this looks badass Dude, green balls look awesome green balls like, flying around it check what i added yeah, this it's thing. Like, it I, cool,
1: I don't know if there's something obviously there's nothing more deciphered from it yet um oh and here's the part there are once many crescents uh which were used by dagon's forces to uh take the battle spire during the imperial simulacrum when the emperor later reclaimed the ruined academy the Crescents were gathered up and destroyed all but one wasteful give them to your new battle mages (laughs) (laughs) right um but unknown to the empire one of the unique blades remained in existence somewhere in tamriel although none have ever seen it i super want them to do more with that
0: Um, yeah this could be an item they add to eso um
1: i love that thing it is it just it looks awesome it sounds pretty cool too that it's like oh man it does heavy damage but also like disintegrates armor and stuff it just seems like there's so many cool things they could do with it and it's very unique
0: looking yeah so i have one major question here is do you hold it with the blades facing outward or i think yes, behind I would you think, like do you use it as like a slicing thing where i the, almost it wonder if goes with the curve or do you use it as a poking thing where you you want the like the ends of the blade to to hit first my guess is since the
1: uh pummel in the middle there mm-hmm. um looks rounded I almost wonder if you can flip it depending upon scenario. Yeah, yeah. Like one for a defensive stance, one for an offensive stance. Because if it's curved towards you you could probably swipe away strikes very easily, where if you're on the offense, you flip it out, and it's almost like a claw hook type of thing, and you can dig into your opponents. Um, either way, very, very cool looking. Love that weapon. Please do more of at Elder Scrolls Online, um, just because, even if it's just like enemies having it and using it as kind of like a generic enemy type of thing, it's yeah. just... It's such a unique blade. I think it's really cool and underutilized. Right.
0: Yeah, they don't have like a current. I don't know weapon type that it, this would match with. If yeah, you wanted it's because it's, it it's not
1: really. It's not really a spear. Not that the series has spears anymore. But it's either. it's not a
0: staff. You couldn't hold it it's really like really a staff. A staff you couldn't yeah. hold it like a two-handed sword. That would look the, dumb. The Plus, the bottom would lean come back towards your crotch. <laughs> that right. would be dangerous. Um,
1: um, what do you call it the picture of it also on the uesp that's from uh that artwork is from the elder scrolls bla- uh, legends it's that's nah. actually the card art
0: um, yeah and that's because that's, it's that's actually why it looks really like cool card, i used to yeah, always so.
1: try to attach that to any of my troops because it just gave you like plus two damage to them or whatever oh, cool. you could just toss it on your other cards
0: yeah yeah and uh, to respond to chat that's why it looks like something from an eso store is because it's it's a modern or more updated version yes. of, of the yeah, drawing pixelated it's not pixelated, it's not pixelated. <laughs> it looks like it's like a, a very well designed you, piece of artwork um, for it yeah
1: if you want a very quick version of it which is also more art that i i love um if you <laughs> as, as much as uh, the redeeming qualities of battle spire are kind of limited in my opinion uh it's not without any merit i think the cut co- like that the battle spire one i can pull this up right here yeah the battle spire cover um, oh the cover she's holding a oh yeah the dark seducer on the cover is holding a Daedric crescent yeah so here's here's
0: the Daedric crescent it's also, from...
1: yes it's also in the corners of the screen there are crescents on the menu yeah um yes your cursor is actually a modified little crescent oh that's cool uh, yeah, it 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 seemed like they intended to go a lot further with it than they might have. Um, but like it's yeah, an item on, that just got lost
0: in the history right. of everything.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the cover art is a dark seducer actually holding up a Daedric crescent. Um, and and the thing about that, which is, is is interesting, is because that is actually a still frame from one of the FMVs. She like does that does like a little war cry after like murdering the uh, imperial. <laughs> battle mages in the spire or whatever.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the the art for the Battle Spire cover and this totally is. Um, Oh yeah, no it totally
1: uh, is. I I absolutely it's it's on the
0: screen for everybody.
1: I absolutely love that thing. So Yeah, this cover art is cool. Like these games The cover art is fantastic. We're badass. yes I, there there are definitely a few things that Battle Spire does very very right uh and it's a vibe it's just so creepy it's just like eerie and like yeah the cover art really kind of shows it but yes she has a danger crescent and i love that thing i think it's really cool
0: yeah that's that's awesome that's awesome Yep. all right so that's all the artifacts um i think we're we going the realm we've covered pretty much everything else all the major stuff uh any other thoughts before we get into some of the fun little trivia bits and the voice um, actors
1: no i think we could probably go into the trivia bits without you know because again we don't want to belabor every point imaginable there's a lot to (laughs) take There's there's so like i I think that's a good covering of of some of the same way we've been doing stuff uh with the other princes
0: yeah so so this is cool. Uh, the name Dagon is actually reminiscent of the Mesopotamian, Mesopotamian and ancient Canaanite deity Dagon, who is a, a real world like ancient god, um, which is pretty cool when you have a, a character in a game that's pulled from an ancient god, especially one that isn't mm-hmm. super well known. Oftentimes games will pull stuff like that from like, uh, you know, Hindu Uh, myths and like all of that kind of stuff but this one not as well known Um, the uh, Dagon in um, there's a Hebrew version of it here on there's a Wikipedia article about it there's Sumerian we know the Sumerian like you know the cuneiform like those little notches that they use for Mm -hmm. the cuneiform we know his name from ancient Sumerian uh, Phoenician uh, was an ancient worship, a uh, God worshipped in ancient Syria across the middle of the Euphrates with primary temples located in Tutul and Turka. These are ancient sites. Though many uh, attestations of his cult come from cities such as Mari and Emar as well. The settlements situated in the upper Euphrates area, he was regarded as the father of gods, similar to the Mesopotamian Enlil or Hurrian Kamarbi. I don't know if you guys are familiar with any of those, but uh, father of gods pretty freaking cool right so we have that uh connection but then we also have the connection to the short story dagon by hp lovecraft none other than hp lovecraft and we know that there's a lot of hp lovecraft influences in characters like uh hermaeus mora well you also have one here from uh hp lovecraft because there was a specific short story named dagon so that's kind of cool um uh let's see the uh, and this is this is also a funny little note here is that, and this is something we've talked about before visually, the design of Meru's Dagon has gotten more red over time. He started a little <laughs> bit more fleshy toned, right? Um, yeah. and he's actually kind of just looks like uh, Goro from Mortal Kombat, right? That's where I'm going. Bellaspire? Is that yeah. in the late 90s, when or mid to late 90s, when he was originally designed. He may have been influenced by the Goro design in Mortal Kombat yeah. because he, it was such he, a popular game. Yeah. If you go on the
1: UESB, you can click the uh, the GIF of Mirun's Dagon, and it's literally his little breathing animation, which is what he does when he talks. He literally just looks like Goro getting ready to fight from Mortal Kombat. It's really funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Kind of funny. Um I don't know how much of an actual influence that had or if it was yeah, just no kind of a subconscious ideas. design
1: choice. Very coincidental, though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then, like I noticed before, at the beginning of the episode, uh, there have been two different voice actors, um, or at least two different voice actors in the modern games, in Morrowind yeah. and then in Skyrim. Originally, it was voiced by Jeff Baker, and then more recently has been voiced by Victor Raider Wexler. Jeff Baker is uh, not super prolific. Some of these voice actors that we talk about have lots of different roles. They do a lot of uh, acting in you know actual full body acting and then also voice acting. Um, he was also uh, Jeff Baker, um, he, his IMDB page kind of trickles out around 2011 and then he's got a 2019 where he was a character in a TV series. Uh, but he was in some of the fallout games paladin jensen officer davis brother uh gerard in fallout three broken steel uh fallout three stanley armstrong hannibal hamlin sergeant rl3 he's done a lot of these different voices this is interesting in the shivering isles expansion elder scrolls 4 shivering isles he was haskell oh weird yeah yeah haskell uh and then uh let's see, uh in in Blood Moon he was on dat onjad, uh Fox Carius, Senus Lucius. He did a number of these different voices. Um and then Tribunal, King Hlalu, Halseth, Gavis Drin, Fedris Hler. and in Morrowind, he was uh not only Mehrunes Dagon, but he also was the voice of Sheogorath. We've talked about we actually I, I probably brought him up before years ago, but um, and then Dagoth Ur er himself He did the voices for both of those. Yeah, so pretty cool And then there's Victor Rader Wexler who's the more recent voice actor and he's got a much more uh, longer list of of things uh, His most recent role According to IMDB is that he was Frederick Estes from the boss, baby get that baby short
1: Great, which Perfect.
0: is which is hilarious to me. So, <laughs> um, but he's done a number of these other these other voices. Um, but in Skyrim, he was only Rune's Dagon. He's not credited with any of the other voices in that game at all. Oh, interesting. So, just that by itself. Um, but he seems to do a bunch of like cartoons and some other some other TV series and things. So, so that oh, that's very interesting, actually. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think that's most of uh, what we wanted to cover for Mayrune's Dagon. Um, there's well, so much more. Is there something there else is, you wanted to add? There's one last thing
1: without going too too long on stuff because uh, again, like, like we said, there's a lot more we could still cover, but this will go on and on. The only thing that I do want to note because it's so funny and it kind of ties well, I found it very funny at least, but it it ties into our running joke of trying to pronounce anything in this series, <laughs> right? So we had mentioned all of the names to may Dagon Dagon at the start of the show like we usually do all of its titles and stuff like that but the only thing i wanted to bring up which i really really wanted to have i tried saying this on uh, my playthrough of battlespire but one of the 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 thing i had mentioned with the sword of the moon reaver is one of the things in which you use to gain power over daedra at least earlier in the series i'm not it's not really a thing they've done too too much recently although they do make a little nod to it at the end of blackwood is knowing the daedra's true name yeah which is a combination of its protonymic, its original name and its neonymic, its its new given name type of thing. Um and that's that's one of your goals in El Sledge and
0: Battlespire. Uh you want to give a shot at pronouncing what they are. Oh my god. Are? Oh my god. Okay, so yeah, so this is one of those other things is listed in here and these oh it, my god. it is and we kind of glossed so, over it and I wanted to save it till the end because I remember they never
1: like, they don't say it. You <laughs> respond to it in-game. Uh-huh. in, in game. So I tried to say it on stream, and everybody's like, that was the worst thing I've ever heard a human try to say. All right, I'll, so, give it, I'll
0: give it a try. The proto, protonymic is easier. It's Lekaloga, yes. L-E-H-K-E-L-O-G-A-H. Yeah. The neonymic <laughs> is Jekalaho-Debe-Efehezepe. <laughs> Beautiful. (laughs) I think I actually did that pretty well. I think that was that was that was very good. (laughs) Dechaleho, D J E H K E L E H O. Okay, then dash, Debe, D E H B E dash, (laughs) Fhezephe. It sounds like a little kid just making up words. Yes, (laughs) and that's spelled E F F E H E Z E P E H. Yeah, nailed it. Totally nailed it. Can you imagine totally if that was your name? To- well, and, oh and Lord it's... Dagon, no, I am Lord Jekyllaga Jekyllaga <laughs> 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 Well, and nowadays games,
1: uh, you know, kind of are nice to you and respect you a little more in some ways. Uh, <laughs> right, right, and and in battle spire i made a grievous error as when i was learning these names what i didn't realize that was i was going to be quizzed on it later and i didn't write this down And they're like, yeah, respond to getting this door open with his proto I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Oh, <laughs> no. Like...
0: Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. uh, Leco. God, I was like, how the hell do I remember how to spell yeah. Leco? Back, <laughs> back in the old days, the games came with huge, in huge boxes. And sometimes in the boxes, they'd even put like a pad of paper with like mm-hmm. a cool design on to it. To take Cause, notes. Because they knew that you would need to take notes and maybe even sketch out the map as you were going places yeah they don't do that in games anymore they they do not but yeah that that was the last little thing i
1: specifically wanted to make sure we get in because i thought i i just got a kick out of the names originally and we always joke about how hard it is to pronounce some of this stuff yeah that's amazing i figured that was a good
0: closer that is a good closer yeah and if you if you would like to try to pronounce it and send us a (laughs) recording we might put that on a future episode of the show oh man this has been awesome chat thank you for being here do you have anything you want to share before we head out um no i was gonna
1: say just excited for all the high aisle stuff i actually figured for anybody who's chilling on the live stream i posted this on my twitter but my very cool high aisle hype statue of the Ascended oh, lord arrived oh. and it's very cool it weighs a ton um you can use it as a weapon if anyone breaks <laughs> into your house um and it's funny because i have an un taking it off but we had joked about wh- who uses letter open letter openers nowadays right yeah um his sword is no joke it's actually wrapped because it's a legitimate miniature sword <laughs> oh wow like you like you like, cut yourself like on it's it? It? it's wrapped in plastic yeah you yeah. you would yeah it's it's like oh, the, no. the tip of it is mine is legitimately pretty sharp at the end
0: <laughs> crazy crazy stuff yep that's so funny we weren't kidding that's funny <laughs> um i know and you guys missed a episode of the tales of tamriel this last week. yeah we Things didn't record
1: last week um we actually had dave from the uesp on the week before i saw that yeah yeah which was a great chat uh if anybody's interested in hearing from the founder and uh i i guess you would call him owner of the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages, uh, Dave, who is a super great guy and gave us some insight to the history of the UESP as a whole. Um, that, that was that was a lot of uh, a lot of fun. But then I was away last week and, you know, the, the news lull has kind of been there because, again, High Isle, the new chapter launches for PC this coming week. So we figured, okay, well, there hasn't been a lot happening. I'm MIA, so Ark was like, well, I'm not going to just do a show solo about basically news just being like, hey, be excited. So we'll be recording again this week for everybody that's
0: interested in that. Well, good. Nice. Yeah. I'm well, glad you guys are coming back. And I know I know you're going to have a lot to talk about. Oh, um, yeah. Very excited. I uh, brought a, brought this up last week with uh, our patrons, but the idea of maybe putting together a uh, like a card game because of the card game that's coming in the new expansion, Um, Yes. But doing like a card game tournament might be really fun. Oh, that'd be interesting. Our community, people who listen to our shows, like all that kind of, um, and Rob, the princess said that he might be happy to, to help out with that, to like organize it. But if we could get like, I don't know, create like a, like a tier, I'm sure there's a, a website somewhere where you can create like, uh, brackets. Right. And then I'm sure you could put everybody into the brackets and then we could even do it in a way where everyone just chips in a very basic amount of, like either real world money or in game yeah like 10k gold or something like like, 10k gold with a bunch of people you could get like 100 grand or something right and if like let's say i mean who knows maybe there's 50 people who we have two brackets of like 25 and then the the winner at the end and then the winner might make out with like two hundred thousand gold or something like something crazy gold that'd be fun for first place and then a little bit less for second something like that could be really fun um (laughs) i forgot i volunteered (laughs) but i'm still down rob that would be awesome if you want to just do a little bit of research about how to create a bracket if there's like a, a free app somewhere we can use to yeah. do that. Yeah. Well, especially because the card game once you unlock it, it it's really
1: not about like you can get more decks, but since the decks are combined with yours and your um opponent, it's a fair
0: absolutely Level, fair like, yeah it's a
1: fair fair play field is what i mean yeah um so, so maybe so like it's, you won't have a grotesque advantage if you play a ton and it's the cry of all the cards that's not how this game works from my understanding which i will say is limited and i'm bad at it at least from pts
0: right right yeah so maybe we uh we give it a few weeks so we'll have people get some practice in and then and then we put together a, a thing where people can kind of sign up on you know the discord yeah. or whatever and then we we just set a time and place and you i'd know, totally join for that you know maybe maybe it runs a, a week and we're just like all right you two need to get together here's, yeah, here's figure, your game names yeah, just just do and your bracket like sometime yeah. at the end of the week let us know who won and then we update right. that that those brackets and then the next week we do the next ones and then you know just kind of go from there and see see what happens yeah that would be fun yeah so that that's a thing that could happen um i've got all my shows robotsradio.net for my shows and everything else that's going on uh the lord of the rings lore cast is up to episode 15 coming out on monday Classic. and it's uh, man it's been getting such awesome reviews people are saying the nicest things I, I, like Good. things like this is my favorite podcast ever <laughs> um like like ridiculous praise it's well, been... people love lord of the rings so like yeah yeah it seems like
1: it seems like having a lore cast is like perfect for that type of environment as it's very similar to what we do here on elder scrolls Lorecast. cast
0: yeah and, and i've taken since it's not me and another person like we do this show it's yep. just me it's more of a narrative kind of story Uh, where I'm kind of taking them through the paces while also plugging in little bits of details I know about like Tolkien's life and uh, some of the, Uh, symbolism and some of the references in the works and all these other things so I feel feel like I'm doing a pretty good job with it so if you guys are into the Lord of the Rings stuff especially if if you're gearing up to understand how things happened in the beginning of the world and through like the first age before we get to the Amazon series which comes out in like September I think something Um, like that that takes place in the second age the Lord of the Rings the story of the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit take place in the third age So if you're looking to kind of gear up on some of your back knowledge about stuff, definitely go check out the show uh, It'll help you get up to speed, but that's what I got going on um, Of course all the regular stuff and then all the other Rocket Club shows at robotsradio.net If you're looking for other shows to listen to we'll be back next week with another Daedric Prince and uh, Probably have, we'll have spent some time in the new high Isle expansion as well. So uh, Maybe we'll chime in about that a little bit But thanks for being here, everybody. Chat, thank you for being here live. Really appreciate you guys and and love the comments during the show. We'll see you next week. Until then, stay safe out there. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Have a good one.